talk to you about four things uh, he created us to be. Uh, he said, number one, he created us to believe. That's how we enter into his family. That's why we have a relationship with him. He be created us to believe in Jesus. Number two, he created us to belong to a family. Number three, we mentioned he be created us to become a follower. And number four, he created us to build or advance his cause, his kingdom. So think about that. If you didn't jot that down last week, you can right now. He created us to believe in Jesus, belong to a family, become a follower, and build the kingdom. Praise God. He created us as human beings, I said last week, not human doings. It's not about what you do to become. It's about being who we are in Christ, being restored to that relationship, and then out of who we are flows what we do. And it becomes a joy to live out this life because we start to recognize who we really are when we come in contact with the one who created us and find out his plan for us, amen, then we can live for his glory. So last week, I focused on believing in Jesus. We talked about how to believe, but then go on to continue to believe. We said that we are, uh, praise God, we're saved by believing. We have eternal life by believing. But then I also said we have abundant life in this life by continuing to believe. Amen? So we have salvation by believing in him. But we have abundant life by continuing to believe and growing in the knowledge of who we are in Christ and moving forward in it and taking all the, the principles of the kingdom of God, applying it to our life and seeing that abundance come out. Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about we're created to belong, belong to a family. Everybody say belong. belong. You know, we all long to belong. That's just the thing in us. Everyone desires to belong to a group, to a group of friends, to family, to a team, to a band, to a gang. We have an innate desire to belong because we have that desire really to belong to our Father and belong to our Creator. And when that got messed up, we all desire to belong to something, someone, some people group. It's why folks who don't know their father want to find their father and know who they are. They want to seek out and search. Don't, folks who don't feel like they belong, they try all kind of ways to fill that void of not be, belonging to God and the family of God. They try to fill that by belonging to something. And they go looking for all kind of groups. If they don't fit in one group, they go looking for another group. And they're going to find some group to belong, whether it's dark or light, they're going to look for that. They're going to seek that out. It's just in us to, to have a need to belong. And it's never truly fulfilled. You can try this group and try that thing and try, hey, if you can't fit in with here, 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 you'll find a, another group of folks that also don't fit in in these places and you'll group with them. So there's always some group. There's always people. There's always a, because we have a desire to belong because God created us for family. But I want to tell you that need is never fulfilled until you belong to God and to his family. Amen. Then you can be at peace in yourself 
and not have to have the need met by everyone around you. You can finally come to grips and the need to belong can be fulfilled only with your relationship with God and belonging to his family. Now you can be at peace. Folks, the kind of peace I'm talking about is a peace now it doesn't matter what this group or this group says about me or whether they reject or accept me. I'm not motivated by trying to please them. When you know who you are with God and in Christ, you can have fulfillment and be at peace and be strong in the midst of all the temptation around because you don't have to yield to that because you know you're finally accepted with him. Others who try to hurt you who try to reject you, who try to make fun of you, who try to do things, that won't affect you anymore because you have a peace deep inside of your heart. We all, church, we all have a need to belong, to fit in. Go with me now to the beginning. We looked here last week in our desire to believe. Now we're talking about our desire to belong. Go with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3, we're going to look at verse 7. I gave the notes to the guys back there so they can put some of this on the wall too. But again, we really prefer you look at it, but you also see it in your hand. Whether it be in your Bible, on your phone, or however you read it. So you become familiar with where it is. Genesis 3, 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened... And they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Verse 8, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Okay, that's a familiar verse, but let's stop and think about what's happening here. God created man out of the dust of the earth. And then he breathed his life into him and he became a living being. All right? And he took the, the rib of man, he fashioned and formed woman out of man to be joined with man, to become together as one, one family. He created the family first, right there. Amen? And he had a, a beautiful, perfect, pure, harmonious relationship with the one he created in his image. So Adam and Eve are in a beautiful garden God planted for them. It has every kind of tree. It's all good for fruit. There's only one tree he said, do not eat. And I told you last week, don't look at it as a rule or regulation. It was a warning. He loved them. He didn't want them to die. He didn't want them to eat of that because he loved them so much. Okay. So man was created and man walked with God. God walked with him in the cool of the evening. The Bible says they, they knew God's voice. They heard his sound. They were accustomed to walk in in right relationship with God. Perfect, no, nothing between them to hinder that relationship. God the Father walking with his creation that he created them in his likeness to be like him, to rule and reign over all the world that he gave them to rule and reign, put them in charge, and he walked with them and talked with them. Now, if we're reading Genesis, it sounds like he made them one day and they, you know, bit the apple the next. 
Not necessarily so. How many days, how many years, how much time did they spend together walking in the garden, enjoying each other's relationship? And now, tempted by the enemy, tempted by darkness, they fell into rebellion against God. And when they did, now they know they're naked. Now they see themselves as naked. They see themselves in a sin. They see themselves this way. They cover themselves. And now God's walking in the cool of the garden like he, did, like he would do in the evening. God's walking and talking. They talked with him. God, he's a person. He's spirit, but he's also a person. Hallelujah. The person of the Father God, the Son God, the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Okay, three persons of the Trinity. And he's walking with them. And now... They cover themselves and they hide from him. Why? Let's look at what it says. So now they're hiding from their father, the one who loves them and created them and made this beautiful garden for them, and they're hiding. Look, it goes on to say, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. They once had a perfect relationship together, could share everything together. And now man has got sin in him, and he knows he's naked. He sees and he says, you know, I I heard you walking and I was afraid. So now he's afraid of him. I was naked, so I hid. You know... So here, I mean, Adam and Eve could used to walk up to God, walk with him, talk with him. But now something's happened and they don't feel any more accepted. You hear me? Just let this think in a minute. They used to could, if they heard God in the garden, they could go over, hey, we're, hey God, and walk up to him, talk to him, be with him. Because they were in harmony. There was no sin gap there was nothing between them the relationship hadn't been severed it was together but now the sin come in they see God and they they hide and they cover themselves and they're afraid of him because they're afraid in fear that he's going to reject them that there's a problem because there's a gap now because of sin is in their life you see so there's a need to belong when you don't feel like you can There's fear there. Well, I can't belong here anymore. I've got to go somewhere else to belong. You know? So think about that. There's a a severed relationship because of that sin. They hid themselves. You know, when God said, where are you? It's not like he didn't know where Adam was. He didn't say, where are you? Because he didn't know. Who told you you were naked? He said, have you eaten from the tree I told you not to eat? Well, God knew that too. He's not asking Adam for his sake. He's asking Adam for Adam's sake. You were with me. And now you've disobeyed and gone away. Why? Where where are you now, Adam? Where is your place now? Where are you now in your life? What have you been doing you might have, he might have asked you that a while back. Hey, you know, you're sitting there in that prison cell. You're, you're sitting there in the midst of adultery, waking up and wondering, and, and God's speaking to you. Say, hey, hey, where are you? Where'd you go? 
You're, you're, you know, you, you used to have a relationship and you're, you're sitting there and whatever's happening in your life and God say, hey, where are you? You followed after the tree of knowledge, good of evil. Now you've here. And he's saying, hey, where, where are you? I created you. I'm your father. I have a plan for your life. It's better than what you're doing now. Where are you? Anybody felt that? God said, hey, what you doing? Where are you? Two people. Anybody else ever felt, felt like yeah, God said, hey, hey what, where are you? What you doing? Amen? Think about it. So here they are. Who told you you're naked? Now, watch this. Verse 19. There's a penalty for this sin. See, God is holy. He says to them, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and dust you will return. Wow. See, he said, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. I told you last week, God just, as a father, he just simply wanted them to believe him. Just like as a father, I want my children to believe me. When I say, hey, don't drive too fast or, you know, don't follow too close behind, I don't want them to find out for themselves through experience. I just simply want them to believe me. Right? When you're trying to teach somebody how to do something right instead of doing it the wrong way, you don't, you, they don't have to. I'm telling you, experience doesn't have to be the best teacher. Experience can be a very cruel teacher. Faith is a better teacher. Listen and believe. And you won't have to go through that. You can tell your kid, don't put your hand here, you'll burn yourself. You'd rather them believe you than to do it and find out the hard way, right? Well, God would have rather them believe him and not find out the hard way. He didn't want them to die. But they did. Now there's a penalty. The relationship is severed. God is holy, righteous, pure. Now sin and the evil of Satan has corrupted the man, and there's a problem there. There's a separation. There is a rejection. God still loves the man, and he has an ultimate plan to redeem the man back to where he was, but right now, in the fall, there is a serious problem. It's not like it used to be. The relationship has been severed. Death has come into man. Sin and corruption has come into man. And sin and corruption can't walk with holy God because God is pure. There's a problem here. Understand? And it's serious. Because God is holy. Now, he didn't, when he, he, he kicked them out of the garden. He had to put an angel there with a sword so he wouldn't go back and eat of the tree of life. What if man would have ate of the tree of life in a sinful state? Possibly some theologians think it this way. Then you'd have the sinful state of man forever. God wanted to fix it first. You see? So man's banned from the garden and the curse comes in to the effect, not only affecting the man, but affecting all of the creation that man was over. So it affected everything. Here you have the fall of man and the fall of the perfect relationship between man and God. Now it's not perfect. It's messed up. There's rejection. There's a problem. Look at it. From dust you are and from dust you will return. 
Now, folks, I'm, you, you know, you know there's good news at the end. Jesus came and restored it. So I can just let me, let me move, move forward uh, here way far and uh, I'll let you see something here. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15 and look at verse 45. And 46, we're going to go through 48. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. A living being that God breathed life to, and Adam had harmonious life with God. But then he fell into sin. Now watch this. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The first Adam, a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. Verse 46, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. Now watch this, verse 47. The first man was the dust of the earth. The second man from heaven. You see, from dust you shall come. From dust you shall return. He made him out of dust, but then he breathed his life. Now man had life and had life with God. Now man sinned. He still looks like he's living, but spiritually he's dead because that relationship with God has been hindered. And now you're going to return to dust. Now you're going to die. Adam and Eve weren't meant to die. They were never going to happen. That happened because of sin. Nothing died until sin came in. Animals didn't die. Trees didn't die. Nothing died until sin came in the world. Then things started dying. Hey, is that a wake-up call for anybody? Ever heard, thought of that before? There was no death before sin, okay? There was no pre-Adam pre um, mankind or something that died out. No, no, sin didn't come into this world until death, okay? Uh, death didn't, I mean, excuse me, death didn't come into the world until sin. With sin came death. So here they come. Now sin is, has severed the relationship, but watch this. With the first man was the dust of the earth, but the last man from heaven, now watch this, verse 48. As the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. As the earthly man, made of dust, going back to earth, dust, so are all those born of Adam. But church, we who are Christians have been born again of the heavenly man. Look at it. As the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. We could say, you know, you've heard it at funerals, from ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You were created from the dust, dust you shall return. Well, let me tell you, I got news for you. I'm not only dust. I was born of Adam, the dust of the earth, returning back to the dust of the earth. But praise God, I've been born again of the man from heaven. And now I'm a spiritual being created to live forever. Think about it. I have this treasure of the kingdom of heaven inside of me. I still have the leftover remnants of the dust of the earth in this body. This body will lay down, but I have this treasure in this earthen vessel. But this earthen vessel isn't the real me. The real me has been born again of the man from heaven, and I'm a spiritual being, and I have a right relationship with God again, and I can walk with him and talk with him just like they used to before the fall. You see, the relationship that was lost has been won again by the second Adam. The first Adam fell. The second Adam won. We were born of the first Adam. Now we're born of the second Adam, and I'm born again. I'm no longer just dust. I'm a spiritual being as I was 
from dust of the first Adam, now I am of the heavenly man. Wow. That's deeper than a few minutes. You'll have to ponder on that when you get home a little while. Go back, look it up, read it again, think about it. Let God speak it to your spirit. Now, let's go on. In this message, I've got good news and bad news. Okay? And in the bad news, I got bad news and worse news. But in the good news, I got good news and better news. Now, what y'all want first? I'm going to give you the bad news. It just works better in my notes. <laughs> Isaiah 59, verse 2. Isaiah 59, 2. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Everybody say separated. separated. Iniquities, big word for young people. It's just, let's talk about sin. Okay. Your iniquities has separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. God used to walk with you, talk with you in the garden there. Then sin came in. Now you're hiding from him because you don't feel like you can have a right relationship. That's why so many, look guys, I told you half the parish is not in church this morning. Why? They don't feel like they can come to God. They're hiding from him in their sin. They've sinned, they've messed up. Their religion told them they'll never be right. And they figure, I might as well not try. And they're out there. They still believe in God, but they don't feel like they can walk with him. we got an answer for them today. Okay, you will have an answer for them. There's lots of folks out there, just like Adam and Eve. They're running from God. They're hiding from him. They're afraid of him. They want to, don't want to be a part because they don't feel like they can be accepted so they're going to go be accepted with a different crowd. Because you have a desire to belong. Now watch this. Okay? Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Romans 3.23. Familiar verse. They'll put it on the wall. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, Romans 5, 19, by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Because Adam fell, his nature was changed, and in his seed was the nature of sin, and it was passed down to every generation, every nation, every person group on earth. They were born in that separation from God. Uh-oh, can I say it? Born out of that family rejected from that pure, harmonious relationship. Separated, forsaken, rejected. God still loves people. But you're not in the family of God until you're born into it. God loves everybody. And we're all his creation, but we're not all his people or his family. People die every day and go to hell, will be separated from the love of God and the presence of God forever. It's real. Okay? It's real. The separation 
in the fall of Adam was real. And it continues till this day. God made a way to fix it, but you have to believe it to come in. You have to accept it. You have to hear it, believe it, and receive it by faith. Amen? Okay, he still gives you the opportunity to believe or not. He told them, don't eat, you should die. He wanted them to believe. They didn't believe. Okay? Now, Romans 3.23, all have sinned. One man's disobedience. Okay? What is this, this sin we're talking about? If you look at the Greek, what it's really talking about, a lot of the Greek words has to do with either military or, or sporting, athletic. And when he's saying all have sin, that word actually means missing the mark. It's a picture of an archer shooting at the bullseye and missing the target, the bullseye. See, the, the thing is, it's not just, not just, not talking about missing the target. A lot of you hunters shoot and practice, and you may hit the target, but you don't hit the mark. Okay, some of you, for the last 20 years, have been missing the whole target. Some of you have missed the mark. But all, we all have missed the mark of perfection. Understand? The mark is perfection, holiness, righteousness with God, unhindered relationship, how Adam had before the fall. Now, all of us are trying to belong again, but we keep missing the mark. All these other religions have formed around the world. Why? Because inside man is a longing to belong to their creator, to their God. And all these false religions have come up and they're trying to hit the mark and they're trying their best. And they're going through all these human doings things, trying to get it right so they can be accepted by God. And none of it works because all have sinned and fallen short of hitting the mark exactly perfectly. So the bad news is uh, we were born of Adam with that severed relationship, hindered from our walk with God, separated from his righteousness, his holiness by our sin. The worst news, next part, you taking a note on this? You got bad news? Here's the worst news, the second part. To be accepted by God you got to hit the mark perfect God's acceptance is not I'm holy I'm God I created it all so we're just going to take everybody in no matter how well you do or if you're a 60 okay an 85 okay you know, if you do some, if you never killed anyone, that's not the mark. Well, I'm a sinner. I used to sell drugs, but I was fair in my drug deals. I have heard that. I never cheated anybody. I've heard that. That's not the mark. Selling drugs, but being fair about it. I went to prison, but I never really, you know, I, I obeyed my guards Going to prison in, is not the mark. You may be getting closer to the target, but you missed the mark. I've, uh, you know, I, I give a shirt off my back. I don't go to church. I don't really give to the Lord. I don't do that. I don't follow him. I don't read his word. But man, I give the shirt off. He's a good old boy. He give the shirt off the back. 
for someone. Giving your shirt to someone is not the mark. It may be on the target, but it's not the mark. The mark is perfection. Perfect, righteous holiness. And that's why the Bible says we've all missed it. All have sinned, fallen short. No, there is none righteous. No one can make it to heaven and have a relationship with God in ourself. We have a flawed. Why? The problem isn't God. It isn't His Word. It isn't His law. The problem is the flawed nature of you and me, man with a sinful nature from Adam. That's the problem. So the bad news is, yes, we were rejected from a sin. Yes, we were separated from God. Yes, the worst news is only perfection can get us right. Wow. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all three of them tell this same story. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Three of them tell that story. They want to get the point across. The point is this. Jesus said, that's right. With man, it is impossible. With man, it is impossible to reach the mark. But with God, all things are possible. In other words, you can't save yourself. You can practice, 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 but you'll never put all 10 in the mark. You'll never do it. Okay? Spiritually. So we've all fallen short. You can't do it of yourself, but with God. The point of that story, he's talking about three times, Matthew, Mark, Luke. He said... Well, they said, well, man, who can be saved? Pastor Dave, if you're telling us this, the mark is perfection. We've all been separated by God, from God for, by our sin. Man, that's bad news and worse news. And now you're telling us we must be perfect? And God even said, and Jesus said, be ye perfect as your Father is perfect. So don't just be perfect in man's eyes. Be as perfect as God to have a relationship with him. Woo, that's even worse news. Be ye perfect as your Father is perfect, as perfect as Him. You want to hang out with Him, you need to be like Him. We get together with folks, you know, we believe the same, start thinking the same, we enjoy each other's relationship, company, to have a relationship God, we need to be of the same spirit with Him, like Him. And yet, He said it's... It's impossible for man, but it is possible with God. Wow. Wow. Now, watch this. Leviticus chapter 22, verse 20 and 21. Flip with me there. They'll put it on the board. Leviticus, we're deep into the law now of the sacrifices having to be made. I want you to believe me that it has to be perfect. Some are not liking this. Their religion is riling up. Leviticus 22, verse 20. Do not bring anything with a defect because it will not be accepted on your behalf. Don't bring your religiousness, your good works, your self-sacrifice to church, 
thinking God's going to accept you because you're doing better. You quit your sin. You cleaned yourself up. You're trying to do better. And now you're going to come worship because you're doing good. Buddy, unless it's perfect, don't bring it. That's what this is talking about. The sacrifices coming to the temple to offer up to God had to be without blemish. He starts explaining it. You know? When any of you brings from the herd of the flock or fellowship or offering, special vow or free will, it must be without defect or blemish to be acceptable. Do not offer to the Lord the blind, the injured, the maimed, anything with warts or festering or running sores. Do not bring any of this. It must be perfect. They would bring those lambs every year at Passover. The priests would examine the lamb and tell that father, I'm sorry, dude. You walked all this way on your journey for all these weeks with your camel and your flock and your kids and you're bringing this offering once a year to give, but I find a fault with it. I don't accept it. But here, buy one of mine I got right here and I'll give it to you. That's why Jesus went in there with a whip and turned over the money changers. It was a mess. They were taking that lamb and selling it to somebody else. And as that's going and they're sacrificing those lambs, pretty little lambs, the best they had, but none of them were really perfect. And as they're slicing the throat of that lamb and draining the blood and then taking it to the altar on that Passover time, there was the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world hanging on the cross. John saw him walking up and said, behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. See, it had to be perfect, but the good news is Jesus is perfect. Hallelujah. He is the sacrifice for your sin. You couldn't be accepted, but he was accepted in your place. That's why we call it the substitutionary atonement. He was our substitute. Hallelujah. He died for you, perfect holy, righteous, then he took your sin, became your sin, now he is forsaken and rejected instead of you. You are now acceptable and accepted not by what you do, but by what you believe about Jesus, the one sacrifice who could pay it all. The news just got better now. But I want to put it in you that the standard was perfection, holiness, righteousness, and we're all short, and all religion falls short. The only thing that can fix it is the Lamb of God who could take away the sin of the world once and for all. Watch this. Go with me to Hebrews. We're going to look at a few scriptures there. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. Hebrews 10, 14. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever. Everybody say perfect. Those who are being sanctified or those who are being made holy. By one sacrifice, you see Jesus, the curse came on man. And because of our sin, the law said and the curse said, we must die. 
It had to happen. So Jesus came. God loved us while we were sinners. The whole time man was rejected, kicked out of the garden, curses came on his life, on the woman's life, on the snake's life, on the land's life. All the curse came. The problem came. The penalty of sin came. Death came. All of these things came. And while God saw it all, he said, hey, but I still love the man. I'm going to make a way to redeem mankind from the fall. I love them so much. None of them have made it. They've tried a number of ways. They tried, tried, tried. And the only one through the history of time that was good enough had to come from God. Praise God, God sent his word who became a man, walked among us, never sinned. Now he's the only one, crack, that hit the mark every time. And because he hit the mark, he said, I love you so much. I tell you what, I'll become your sin. I'll become your punishment. I'll take it away and I will die with the punishment of God on me instead of you. And in return, I'll give you my righteousness. So now you, watch this, you will hit the mark of perfection in the sight of God because it's not your doing that'll reach the mark. It's my shot. Okay, watch this. So we're standing there. There's the mark. I've been trying, Lord. I've been trying. Lord wants to do it for you. How many will let him take your shot? <laughs> Jesus took the shot. Perfect. Bam. Look at that. Every time. Here. I'll give you my score. I'll become your sin. See, I can't give you my score until I take yours. It doesn't work like that. I just can't take your score, give you my score because God's holy and just and he said the penalty is death. So I must take your score and because of your fault, failings, let him judge me instead of you. Now he was rejected. He was despised. He was forsaken. He was separated. He felt it for the first time in all his life. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect Church, if you believe in Jesus and has accepted his shot, what he did, and you're trusting. Now look, if you're still trusting in your shot and how you're getting better or doing better, and you're thinking that's your salvation, well, God, look, I'm, I'm getting closer. Look, I, I, I may, I'm not missing the target anymore. I'm, I'm hitting the target. I'm still out here. But Lord, I'm getting better. Now you can receive my prayer, Lord. Bless me. Uh, help me because I'm getting closer. No, that's not why he helps you or blesses you. He helps you or bless you by your faith in the one who hit it perfectly. Amen. He doesn't heal you because you start doing good. He heals you because he's good. Amen. He doesn't bless you because you start getting better. He blesses you because he's good. And man, with that, you start walking in it and you start walking in his blessing. You say, hey, this straight and narrow path is much more blessed than out there. You're good, God. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk in your path. And it keeps getting better and better. 
For by one offering He has perfected forever them who are sanctified. Now watch this. When, when, when He said, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, think of it this way. You shall be perfect by your faith in Christ as your Father in heaven is perfect. When Jesus washed your sin when you believed in Him, did He wash all of your sin? Or some of it? So, watch this. The iniquity that came with sin that separated you from God, now you believe in Jesus and you receive the payment. Was the payment for all your sin? So now you're holy completely? Now, if all your sin's gone righteous, then are you right with God all the way here or just part of the way? Think about it. See, religion doesn't understand this. You think you're saved by grace, but you keep your salvation by your works. Or you're saved by grace, but you earn his blessing by your works. You're saved by grace, but, 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 but no, 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 no. You were separated from God by sin, one sin or many. Jesus bled and died, washed all your sin. Now, how right with God are you? This right. Now, we're growing in it to live it out. You're not perfect in your performance. You're not perfect even in your progress moving forward. But you're perfect in your position with God as righteous. And we're growing with his grace in our progress and our performance. You see? We're growing in it because he's in us. And what's in us is producing what comes out of us. Not the other way around. As we bask in what he's done, as we meditate on this scripture by one off, that Lord, as he is, he became my sin and was rejected. Now he, praise the Lord, won that and now he's accepted and I'm in him. So I'm perfectly accepted. I don't have to, when I hear about God or the service or things, happen, I don't have to run away. I can run to and walk with you because I'm not halfway rejected and halfway accepted. I'm completely accepted, completely belong. I belong to you and you belong to me and I'm in your family and I'll never be forsaken, never be rejected, always there because of Jesus. Jesus, even in my weaknesses of the flesh, even in my turmoil, in my mind, even in my struggle in this life, in my position, I'm righteous because of Jesus. And that's so good. It strengthens me to be able to start living it. Wow. When I know who I am, I don't have to be accepted by the, you know, the jerks who want to stick something up my nose. I could tell them no and know who I am. I don't need that. I don't have to go the way of the business owners that's wanting to cheat, steal, and lie. I can stand up to them and say, dude, I don't operate that way. I don't have to follow their program. I don't have to be accepted by them. I'm accepted by God, and I know who I am. I belong. I don't have to belong. To what the, if they make fun, or they try to fight you, or they try to hurt you, man, it's cool. I just love you, dude, because I know who I am. Here, have some of this. If you had some what I got, you wouldn't be so mad at me and want to fight me. I'm okay, dude. Here, have some of this. Hello? The bad guys out there, 
whatever they're doing, I just want to give them some of this. And then they wouldn't be bad guys. Amen? I'm not mad at them. I just love them. Hallelujah. Watch this. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 1.6, King James Version, says it this way. Freely given us in the one he loves. We've been accepted. We've been included. Accepted in Christ. We've been adopted into his family and accepted by God by what Jesus has done completely accepted. Guys, you're not halfway accepted. You're not in the family of God on the back corner. By the faith of Jesus Christ, you're accepted completely righteous and holy. Now you might, somebody might be further along in their walk than you in that, but your position is the same, righteous as Jesus. And when you know that, that will strengthen your walk. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 1.13. Let's, let me go there with you. I'm getting ready to close. We've got a few more scriptures. Galatians, Ephesians 1. Verse 13. And you also were included in Christ. Everybody say, I'm included. Some group is not including you. Grown-ups, high school kids, whatever. Don't worry about it anymore, buddy. If you believe in Jesus, you're included with the coolest. Dude, come to my, my club's the coolest. My kids, you know, if I don't dress right or act right, they think I'm not cool. I said, kids, I invented cool back in the 70s. What are you talking about? Y'all think you know cool? I started that. No. It started with Christ. He's accepted. You want to join the coolest group? Just join the family of God by faith in Christ. Now you're in. You're included in Christ, in God with your creator. That's the only way to satisfy that need to belong is to belong to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed. Everybody say believe. That's how you become included. Not by doing it all first, getting your life together first, then bringing your shots to Christ and say, God, look how good I'm doing. No, you come to him and say, Luke, I've been missing the target, but I believe you hit it. You accepted by believing in what he did, not by bringing to him what you do. Having believed, you were marked in him. Everybody say marked. Wow. With a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, we're God's possession. Man, I've been marked with a seal. I know who I am. I have a deposit. I've been born from the one from above. I was born of Adam, dust of the earth. Now I'm born again from heaven, and I have the kingdom of heaven and the spirit of the living God dwelling in me as a deposit or what's coming later. What's coming later is a new heaven and a new earth with no bad guys in it. And those who have rejected this into the family of God will be with their own family, with Satan forever, absent from the love of God, from the presence of God, from everything good, be absent and will be with a new, new kingdom, new power, new glory, hallelujah, forever and ever. And I know it and I'm sure of it because I've been given a deposit already. 
I've tasted a glimpse already, guys. I get a glimpse of it all the time. Sometimes I just walk out, I tell you this, at night, lift my hands in the stars. I don't know if Mary and Wayne ever see me back there, Jacob. You ever see me back? I'm out there in the stars. I don't know if you're looking. But I'm just, praise the Lord, just standing there. If you see me just standing there, hey, don't mess with me, and I'm fine. I'm not drunk. I'm not having a problem. I'm good. Just leave me alone. I'm back there, just lift my hand. You know what? And I, I got a taste of it, dudes. The presence of the living God is in me. Come on, here, have some, man. Come on, have some. I want you to have half some. Go ahead. You can have it. The presence of God wants to touch you, wants to heal you, wants to bless you. It's in me. Here, take some. You've been taking it some all this morning as I'm speaking it. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And it has the power to produce the life of the kingdom in you as you believe it. Have some. It's good stuff. Hey, where I walk, God walks. That might sound a little crazy, arrogant or something. No, no, it's true. It's the word. Me and God walk together. Me, like Adam, walk with God. Where we walk now in Christ, where I walk here. Hey, look, God's coming down the row. Here, here he comes. He's in me. He's coming down the row. When you walk to, hey, when you go and get a job, go and apply. Hey, look, God just walked in. Where you're blessing, where you're working as a waitress, that restaurant's going to be blessed. Whatever you do, the kingdom of God is in you. And wherever you go, kingdom comes. Adam was to take the kingdom in the garden and spread it. He said, go and fill the earth. Adam lost it, hallelujah, and Satan took it over. Jesus won it back. Now he said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. I'm going to give you my spirit. Now take the kingdom of God and spread it throughout the earth. And that's what we're doing. Hallelujah. It's great fun too. Man, it's so much more rewarding and fun than advancing the devil's kingdom, selling drugs and stuff like that. Dude, don't be a loser. We were losers, but now we're winners. So don't play with the losers. Go tell them about Jesus, but don't participate in their crap. I said crap. Sorry, Miss Nell. I find we reach more young people just by being real. And I, but I do respect our elders. Sorry, Bonner. Miss Barbara. Okay. Hallelujah. Wow. You know, so why, why would God accept me? Why would he accept me? Why would he love me? Why would he love you? Why does he accept you? You know what? Kind of weird. I'm seeing my, my daughters and sons go through having a baby. You know, my Jesse girl, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. If she, you know, you know, like doing this, being a mom, whatever. All of a sudden that baby came out. It's like, Jesse changed, man. She's like instant mom. She just loves that baby more than the world, man. She'll do anything for her. Love the baby. I said, it was kind of teasing. I teased the new moms and I teased your mother-in-law when Donna was holding Aria and stuff. I said, so Donna, you think you can grow to like that child after a few weeks? And it was, for that grandma, it was instant love and they'll do anything for it. Why? Why? I said, see Callie and Luke with the baby. I said, Luke, man, so you think you can get used to this dad thing? You think you'll eventually grow to like this kid? 
I mean, what does he do? Poop, eat, cry, need you to carry everything. It's hard. Burp, do this. What, I mean, what, what good is that right now, really? So what, what, but what does he do? Well, it's not necessary. They have an overwhelming love. Why? Because that baby is his. God loves you while you were a sinner because he wants you to be his. That hole in your life, in your heart, is a longing to belong to him. It won't get fulfilled belonging to her or belonging to each other. or belong. It ultimately won't. You can't please him enough to fulfill all of his needs. Only it will be fulfilled with your relationship with God. And when you have that fulfilled then you can help one another. If you're always, if you're counting on your spouse or your girlfriend for, to fulfill all your needs, you're going to be disappointed and end up fighting. But when you know who you are in Christ and have that fulfilled, now you can love like you're meant to love. So they have these babies and all of a sudden their whole world changes. Why? Because that baby belongs to her. You know what? You're accepted you guys that are in Christ, giving your life to Christ, you're his. He created the need for you to belong. And now that you're in Christ, you belong to him. You belong to him. You don't belong to the ex-boyfriend who beats you and hurts you, whatever. He has no more ties on you. In the name of Jesus... In the name of Jesus, whatever ungodly relationship was there, I declare that bondage broken. In Jesus' name, set the captives free. It's done. If you see him in Walmart, you don't have to run to the other side and be afraid. You can stand up. I know who I am now. You have no more hold on me. That tie is broken. And it needs to be broken. It's broken by the blood of Jesus. You belong to the family of God. You're his. Now... Church, you've been coming here a while. Many of you covenant members, you belong here. You belong to God and belong to his family. You're accepted with him. You're accepted here. Maybe some of you don't full, feel fully accepted or, you know, if you're, you know, no people yet or this or that. I'm going to declare it to you. God's your father. If you're a Christian, God's your father. You come in here. God loves you. You're accepted by me. You're accepted by our leaders. You're accepted by the family. We love you, and you belong here. You belong. Amen. You know, if you haven't ever done this, you can. I have a covenant member form right out the door on the left on the table. What that means is you you've say, hey, I've been coming here, hearing the word. I like what I'm hearing. I believe God wants me here. I'm going to fill this out, put my name in the name of my children, and turn it in so I'll have a record of your name and your, your, uh, so I, uh, um, your email so we can send you something about what's coming up New Year's Eve or what's coming up Christmas Day. You, part, you know what? You need to belong. Some say, well, I go visit this church and this church and this church. Hey, that's cool. I go visit churches too. But God wants you plugged in and belong in a local church. Hey, you belong to the family of God and the kingdom around the world, but he wants you to belong to a local family and a covenant where you're covenant with me, I'm covenant with you, and we join ourselves together to advance his cause. See, we don't just believe. We belong, 
praise the Lord, and then we become more like him, and then we build his kingdom together. You see, it's all together together.